Okay, guys, I'm super excited about my next guest, a dear friend of mine, Barry Selby. Barry is a passionate champion for the divine feminine, helping strong, successful women create balance in love, life, and in business. He awakens women to own and express their feminine magnificence and majesty in love and out into the world. He also helps his clients attract relationships that are equal to who they really are. Barry is a compassionate guide and teacher for those seeking a healthier relationship with themselves. With over 30 years of training and experience, including a master's degree in spiritual psychology and 20 years as a spiritual counselor, he has helped thousands learn to love themselves and live in wholeness. He brings deep wisdom, gentle masculine strength and presence, and joyful guidance to assist his clients in their journey to true self-love. He is an in-demand inspirational speaker standing for love, healthy relationships, and living with passion and joy. Hello, and welcome to The Katie Carlson Show, a podcast for real, raw, authentic conversations with today's magic makers, love creators, and game changers. I'm Katie Carlson, and I'm so excited to introduce you to real people, real talk, and real stories while embracing the beautiful chaos of life. All right. Yay. Welcome, Barry. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You know, I always love talking to you and connecting with you about all of the amazing work that you do um, and just the awesome energy that you put out um, in the universe. So um, for those of you that don't know Barry, Barry um, is such has been such a gift in my life. Um, he and I uh, came together, I guess it was earlier this year, and ran a group together, which was amazing and was awesome. Year. What? Last year now. No, yeah, was think- it? Earlier this year. Well, I know we've met last year. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We put together. Yeah, sorry. I'm t- I'm yeah. Back. That's okay. But yeah. no, we, hey, it's all good. <laughs> um, but I always love talking to you and it's so fun just to um, connect with you and just hash out life, love, love of self, love of others, relationships, all of the stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. it's always, it's always a pleasure. I always have a blast connecting with you. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Barry, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to being where you are today? <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, my name is Barry, Barry Selby, uh, English, <laughs> living in the States. Um, I'm a best-selling author, whoopee, you know, I've done that once. I may do it again. We'll see if I can do it a second time. Um, inspirational speaker, relationship coach, passionate devotee of the feminine. Um, been on this journey for over 30 years in personal growth. So I love talking about this stuff because I live it now. And really more and more, I'm coming back to really self-support, self-love in my life as a teaching tool, because right now, especially, we need to really learn to love ourselves more than ever. So that's kind of my core element I teach from there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, so when you think about self-love, right? When you think about loving yourself, um, it's a journey, right? So how did you get, how did you get to that place? How did you get to that, pay, that space of under uncovering really what self-love is um, and how that helps embody the work, a lot, a lot of the work that you do. Um, the way I got there basically was discovering that I didn't have it, obviously. I mean, the kind of the obvious thing is from the place of lack or emptiness or pain. Um, and I can remember certain intervals in my life, different events, different experiences where I just felt this sudden, this chasm inside of what was missing. 
So I knew something was off because even though I was looking for relationships out there, I knew it wasn't going to fulfill me. It's like Chinese food. You know, it's like you, you have someone and it's like, <laughs> it is, yeah, it's because true. The way I remember one of my seminars took many, many years ago, it talks about a thing called approval cup and having approval. And how the idea being is that when you have an approval cup, it's like having a cup with, full of, of or an oil called approval. But the problem is mm. that the cup has a hole in the bottom. So when people give you approval, it keeps pouring out, it keeps pouring out, it keeps pouring out. So when people approve of you, it's temporary. When you put your own love in, though, that fills the hole. So it becomes solid. And any, any, any approval from other people is on top of that. But you've got to mm. be approved first. And that's sending truth to self-love. It's really a lesson I've been learning that any relationship I'm in where I depend upon somebody else to love me, I'm a victim of that choice. Because the reality mm. they don't love me, I'm upset, which is like, it's their choice. Why am I getting upset? You know, it's not my job to control them and it's not my pleasure to be controlled by them. So self-love is the way to get freedom ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and so interesting as you say that, I think about, oh, that, that C word, that big C word called codependency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about codependency. You know, it's funny. I actually didn't know what codependency was. Like I hadn't heard that term. Um mm-hmm. Really, I mean, probably until like 2015. And I read the book Boundaries. I also read Codependent No More by Melody BD. Um, And learning about codependency, like it's a real thing. You know, it's a real thing out there because, you know, we go, we live in this society and we live in this kind of romantic Hollywood. I mean, you physically live there. Um, right. But yes. <laughs> for those of you that do, are not aware, Barry actually lives in LA. Um, so he's right in the thick of it. But mm-hmm. it's a lot of the movies that we see and like the romanticizing that, that we have been so accustomed to, um, you know, through different, through those different media outlets, um, you know, we start to rehearse those in our mind, right? And we start to play out those. And we start to live those. Well, we've been, I, I know. We've been trained or in-trained by that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you, want to go, if you want to go bigger right now, what we're going through in this country is we're codependent upon leadership in this country that isn't supporting us. Mm. I mean, let's talk about, you know, defunding the police and Black Lives Matter everything else. Oh, my gosh, what, yeah. We're that tied up in codependency because we're thinking somebody else we're expecting, praying for, hoping somebody's going to fix our problems. Mm. And it's I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's role, but I'm clear the fact we need to take responsibility for our own lives. Yeah, and that's what, it, that's what I was just going to say. Like, it comes down to taking responsibility, right? Yeah. Owning it. Owning, 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 our, owning our truth and, how, and what role we play in it. Yeah, that's right? the thing. The role. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is, is in, now, listen, listen to bring up a relationship first because, like, change yeah. the world. <laughs> we're all over it's okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> this is typical this is typical barry and katie it's all good we, we fly everywhere but the codependency trap we fall into is whenever we feel this, our peace our inner peace disturbed by somebody else's actions that's a clue that's a hint because somebody else does something that triggers us now let me qualify that in a moment but in simple terms if we are upset because somebody didn't do something for us or did something differently than we wanted then they violated some rule we had inside. But the structure basically is we have a belief about what they should do. If they don't do it, we judge them as wrong because they violated a belief we carry. Now, 90% of the time, we didn't tell them what that belief was. So, of course, right. they're, 
And so again, this trap. Now, I'm not talking about where you're being abused. That's not what I'm talking about here. If somebody does something that you don't want, like they leave the toothpaste cap off, like that's simple. <laughs> or they put the toilet paper on backwards, or they don't take out the trash, or they leave their stuff in the sink. These things have caused divorces because people are so attached to a belief about somebody that the other person violates without knowing they did it. And that's the thing, is not knowing what the structure is, not knowing what the agreements are. And until you start to really take responsibility yourself, by one, telling the other person what your requirements, requests, rules, um, desires are, or two, choosing better in quality in your own relationships. If you don't yeah. do we those things, you're going to get what you're going to get, and it is nothing what you want. So I'm curious. So when you go, when you think about, um, you know, those triggers and we think about, you know, how those triggers actually invite. So I look at triggers as like a, an invitation of <laughs> further exploration and what's yeah. a different perspective that I can look from, you know, how, what can I, what can I do to release the hold that I have on that? Right. Yeah. I'm what laughing. Is, where, some trigger happy comes up. It's like, you don't want to be looking for triggers. It's like when they right. come up. <laughs> yeah. Right. But when they come up, I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, this is interesting. Like, where's yep. that coming from? Right. And I try to feel it in my body and I'm like, okay. And allow myself to get really present with it because it's just, it's that feeling, right? It's that thought, that feeling emotion that's just looking for a way to come up and out to be yep. fully expressed. Right. Yeah, and again, way. it's not that necessarily that it's good or bad. Right. It's just, it's a trigger. But what I, what I would love to hear and like your thoughts are on, on this is like, so say, you're, um, you know, you're dating, right? You are in a new relationship, right? And, and again, in any beginning of any relationship, it's all just unicorns and rainbows and the oxytocin's flowing. Yeah, the, it's <laughs> euphoric, like the oxytocin is flowing. Everything is amazing. And then it gets to that point where things just start to trickle off and we start to notice certain things that maybe we didn't notice before. Yes, reality sets in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how do you, how do you manage that? Like what, what, how do you manage that reality? Because it may not be that you guys are not a couple that's meant to be together. Right. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I did to be transparent, have a few relationships that ended after the euphoria war, which I'm not mm -hmm. sure I did that, but we get, <laughs> we're so enamored and so in love and so um, head over heels in that chemical attraction enmeshment is wonderful until the reality sets in again, the toothpaste, the toothpaste cap or whatever it is. Yeah. Starts, Socks on the floor, yeah. dishes in the sink. When all you have to do is unload the, di <laughs> like literally pull the dishwasher down and put you the dish know. in. I have yeah, no. no idea. I just, my own thought, my own hallucination. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's funny because there's two layers to this. One is, is again, getting clear of what you want up front. And it is challenging when you fall in love chemically because that euphoria Sometimes overrides our rational thinking, as you may have remembered. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we, that person can do no wrong until the euphoria wears off. Then everything is wrong, which is an unfortunate side. But one of the teachers, one of my in my master program, we talked about we talked about this years ago was about the lesson that how you relate to the issue is the issue. Because the thing mm -hmm. is, yes, the toothpaste cap may be left off or the dish in the sink, whatever it is. But the key is like how you relate to the issue, how you respond to that is more important than what actually happened. Because if you just go, hmm, that's interesting. I need to do something better. Like you said about triggers. Oh, that's interesting. If you look at those things and go, okay, something's off here. Let me work that out for myself and then talk to my partner. That's healthy. But if you start going, if you don't do this, this, and this, it's all over, that's not healthy. Yeah. Just understand that the level of reception. So what you're saying about being 
interested in triggers is a vital piece of the growth learning because you start to realize yeah. trigger us. First of all, we're going to say, okay, so why am I being triggered? The second thing is what can I do about the trigger? Because right. often you start dealing with what's inside, the trigger actually evaporates. You know, they took, I took this in one of my other learnings is about pain is really a messenger. It's a signal. So, so we take painkillers, you're killing the messenger and not learning what the message is. And so when mm. it triggers, if you become more like, it's like being, being on, um, being aware of them when they show up, being very like responsive to them. Oh, the trigger, let me handle it now before it becomes a heart attack. Because what happens is messages become more and more overt as time goes by if you don't deal with them. So if you're dealing with relationship challenges that are nightmarish now, they're probably little nudges about 10 years ago. So if you can catch them earlier, less suffering, less pain, and better choices result from that. Yeah. Kill the monster while it's small. <laughs> no way, yeah. Right? But if you it, learn that you can make friends with it and then retrain it. Because yeah. it changed. So Yeah. I love that because it is. It's like, because um, we all get to choose how we show up, right? Each and every yeah. moment. We all get yeah. to choose how we react to certain you know, triggers and, and whatever it is. And again, recognizing that you do have that choice is really powerful. Oh, yeah. That's probably the first step towards mastery is becoming where you have a choice and then yeah. making definitely what you've done in the past. Yeah, it's it's amazing what we do. And I still do at times too where I, I noticed that, oh, that happened again. I didn't even think about making a choice. I fell in the trap because I didn't take control. So it's not about being immune to it, but it's about being more compassionate with yourself when you fall in the in the hole yeah. and then exactly choose a different path. You don't go down the hole next time. That's a, that's yeah. a whole story, the, the four part, the four um, the four. It's the story all in four chapters, I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, so um, again, it's, it's a beautiful, I mean, life is a beautiful unfolding of, you know, these different learnings and, you know, we, but at the same time, we're still human, right? Oh. And I think one of the things that I've found really interesting, and I know you and I both have um, really dug into a lot of the work that Alison Armstrong has done um, around, you know, human animal oh. and human instinct or human animal and the human spirit. So human animal is the human is like the instinct and then human spirit. And yeah. what I find so interesting um, around, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, is how to lead from human spirit in a relationship when we are still human and there still is animal and instinct there. This is, in a way, overlays the codependency conversation. Because exactly, now, yeah. Codependency. I thought you were going yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, it's this just, is, that was just a sneaky little attempt sneaky, to, for me sneaky. to go, yeah. Yeah, because one of the things I want to talk about is there, is there is another place besides codependency. In fact, this is one I learned from my teachers, Satyana and Suzanne Warrior-Sage, about what they call codependent through independence to interdependent in a relationship evolution. And so codependent is the frankly, was a paradigm that most of, most people lived under. I mean, my parents were definitely in a codependent relationship. Most people who were born before the 60s were in codependency. That's all it was learned. It's the way we logically said the movies taught that. The thing is, there was a certain phase people went through when they didn't want to be codependents, they were independent. So it's almost like no connection to, a, to really sort of heal. It's like the, the total extreme opposite to get out of it. And then moving into what's called interdependence, which is really the evolved relationship. And so... For me, human spirit is more of the interdependent connection where we understand we don't need other people, but we enjoy other people. There are certain things that we know the other person can do for us, we can't do for ourselves, but we don't live or die by that. Because yeah. the codependent structure is we do live or die by what they don't do for us or do do for us. 
Yeah, so I was yeah. definitely been there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Been, been, <laughs> been so far over backwards that you break your own back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we, yeah. Sit, we, then we pull ourselves out of the relationship going, damn, I did it again. It's not the first time. Yeah. And, okay, so then there, so there's that element of it too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about masculine and feminine energies. Yes, let's have a conversation, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, masculine and feminine energies. So first of all, um, masculine and feminine are not gender specific and they're not 100% aligned where masculine is male and feminine is female, just to be clear. So yes. masculine Thank are you. polarities, they're energies, and we carry both inside of us. So that's just a good framing for it. And also, it's independent of your uh, sexual preference too. Because mm-hmm. they carry both masculine and feminine. So let's, let's level the playing field. So we start from there. Yeah. So when you think about masculine and feminine energy, so mm-hmm. I, again, I, you, and you know, I geek out on this stuff a lot because <laughs> I, I love understanding because, you know, just, and so for those of you that are not familiar um, with me, you know, to date at this point, um, I, I've been able to be really successful leveraging a lot of my masculine energy and it's been incredible. And it's also given me, um, beautiful gifts, uh, of awareness and, you know, being able to get things done and all that kind of stuff, but it's also broken my back. It's, it's exhausting. It has put me in places where I've never felt, you know, more lonely and depressed, but here's the thing. I knew that that had to happen. Because I wasn't, I wasn't expressing my masculine energy in a way that was serving where I was at that moment. And what I mean by that is, is there was a lot of unpacking that I needed to do within my own self to realize, because at one point, probably almost two years ago, and, you know, as I've been learning and going through Alison Armstrong and David Data and, you know, Tony Robbins, I started, I actually started to think of myself, well, maybe maybe I'm just at the core, maybe I'm masculine. You know, maybe I'm just a woman at the core that is masculine. <laughs> Guys, if any of you know me, if you know me or you've seen me or, you know, we've encountered in some sort of, I am a not, I am not that at all. And, 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 and being, a mas- being a masculine woman doesn't necessarily mean anything besides the fact you're gay or straight because there, and as I said before, like we carry both just so you know, in the relationship conversation, generally speaking, the majority of healthy relationships are male, masculine, female, feminine. There are also healthy relationships where it's male, feminine and female, masculine too. So it doesn't mean gender, doesn't mean sexual preference differences, just different polarities. The main thing is a healthy relationship is the thing I talk about fundamentally requires a dominance of one partner being masculine and dominance of the other partner being feminine. The physical embodiment can change, can vary depending on what your preferences are. So right. it could be, you could have been, <laughs> we know differently, but you could have been a masculine embodiment in feminine, in, in a female body, attracted to a ma- the man who was more in his feminine, if that was natural, but that's not your natural state. Right. Yeah. And I think, and it, it had to, but there was a lot of awareness that I had to go through. And like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of things that I had to go through to understand that. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny, like I was talking to someone just recently about like how, like, I've never really dated a bad guy. Like I was actually just, just having the conversation just the other day. I was like, I've never dated a bad guy. Like I've actually had really good, um, relationships, really good boy. Like I, 
honestly, like, so if any of my former, you know, <laughs> boyfriends or partners are listening to this right now, um, just know that I, I have no ill will, like, um, regardless of how it broke, how we broke up or anything like that. Um, I really like, I've always dated really great guys, but they've all also been very, very different. And right. I think they've mirrored a lot of um, just the progression of my life and like where I was at that time. And so as someone, you know, most recently, well, I would say in the last probably four or five years, like I've always kind of prided myself on like being super independent, right? And um, just having this like um, this interdependence of myself and like, I don't, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. Like I can do this without this. Well, in, in, in doing that, I've been basically, I had repelled lots of men and I, I realized, and actually Barry, you were one of the, uh, the folks that actually helped me through this. I had to, I had to heal, um, my relationship with the masculine within myself as well as with my father, Yeah, you know, and, and I love my father. My father is an, I love my father to death. He's an amazing man. Um, and I realized that there were certain patterns that were showing up, whether I was wanting to avoid, avoid certain things in, and in men, or I wanted to, you know, um, I would do everything I possibly could to meet some sort of quality or criteria that did not, you know, that did not follow some sort of conditioning that right. I had been subject to. Yeah. Okay. And but I realized that was just more of a wound that I just needed to heal. And in the process of doing that, okay, I'm core in my feminine, right? But I'm learning about these masculine and feminine. I have no idea. And what I realized is like, I just needed to get into my body. I just needed to like start moving my body and get into my body and listen to what my body had to say. And the more that I listen to my body and I listen to myself, doesn't mean I can't access the masculine energy because I can get things done and I can you know do all of that. I just... I'm more centered, right? I'm more centered in my feminine and I'm more centered in my masculine. Does that, that make sense? Is, for me, perfectly clear. Absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to speak to on that because you touched into about relationship with your father and certain patterns you picked up. And I'm going to say this out loud to everybody hear this. Every one of us carries patterns into adult life that we learn at the knee of our parents, so to speak. If we don't learn along the way how to, make them conscious and do something about them, we'll carry them through up to a deathbed. So we all carry patterns around relating and being in the world based on what we watch our parents, observe our parents doing. So that, and let's not get before against who they are. We're doing in a loving relationship with your parents or an abusive relationship with your parents, the patterns that will get imprinted either way. So mm-hmm. having a great relationship with your father and still having challenges with the masculine, they're not, they're not um, impossible to go together. In fact, they can work together quite easily in the sense that you pick up patterns. The thing you said earlier about, you know, don't need a man. Well, the reality is you don't need a man. I don't need a woman. I'd love one, and I know you would love one too. And it's the understanding that the need is not there, but the desire is there. And that's the clarity. Right. I don't need anybody. I'm fine. I don't need anything. Then you can be independent and lonely. Or alone. At least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got right. all done. for being alone. But the thing is that recognizing that the inner healing, the recognition of those patterns inside is a big shift for a lot of us to understand that we have freedom to be whole and then we can embrace both masculine and feminine energies and in relationship as i mentioned your masculine energy and feminine energy go together and it's the dominance of each that comes together in attraction or in chemistry so to speak but the thing is we carry both energies so at certain times 
both partners could be in the masculine doing something together that's very like making things happen, getting things done, getting results. And both partners could also be in their feminine doing more um, nurturing type activities together. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be one or the other from the one or the other. Now for, for, for sex and making love and that sort of wonderful intimacy that way, then yes, you need to have the, the extremes of polarity because it's the attraction between the masculine and feminine, like north and south poles and a magnet, that creates the attraction that really makes it joyful. Because if you're both yeah. in one end or the other, there's no, there's no desire for sex. I mean, most relationships, there are times you look at your partner and you're not going, I want to take them to bed right now because you're not in the energy. You know, right. But so that's the good news and the bad news is the bad news is not on all the time. The good news is not on all the time. You can, you can manage. <laughs> it's, it's learning and understanding. It's uncovering how to access. Yes. And that way you can take a relationship and have that sexual chemistry and joy to connection through the rest of your life. Because it's not about physicality. It's about connection of the, of the intimacy of the energetics of masculine and feminine. Yeah. So interesting. So um, I know I did, I did a live yesterday. I think it yes. was around attraction and polarity. Right. And I missed and a I, comment. On your, on your yes. And I missed it. So tell me, so, cause, because what I was curious, was curious about, cause I, I looked at it as like, okay, I can be attracted to something. Right. But not necessarily have polarity. So I think, I mean, and it's, again, it's how we view it, right? It's how we, how do we define attraction? How do we define polarity? Well, you said attracted to something, not to someone. So I want to qualify that. Well, so it's just in attract, someone or something. Okay. Because the thing is, I'm, I'm like, I'm attracted to really cool looking cars. It doesn't mean I'm sexually right. attracted. Like right. But, but the polarity is not there. It's just the appreciation of the beauty or appreciation of the look or the appreciation exactly. of the power. That sort of attraction. In, in human attraction, relationship attraction, it's, it's we can be attracted to somebody and this this I'm talking about this before on a summit somewhere it's about, it's about how I, I, I again living in Hollywood in LA I see a lot of beautiful people men, male and female and I've seen some amazingly beautiful women around but the thing is as soon as they either when they walk which is interesting notice I watch people's where they carry themselves when I watch them walk the sexual attraction goes out the window like when they were standing still I looked at that image because again I was creating in my head what they looked what they were like I saw this beautiful looking woman, very feminine looking, but then they walked like very square shouldered or they walked very ungainly. They weren't in their bodies and it wasn't attractive. Mm. So, awakening for me to understand that it's the separation between attraction and polarity because I can be attracted to what I think somebody's going to be, but then be, have that illusion shattered by how they actually act. That's one piece of it. Interesting. But also masculine and feminine is what creates the attraction sexually speaking. You can be attracted to beauty that's not about masculine feminine polarity you can be attracted to a man who's very handsome because of how he looks but then as you get to know them you may notice that their polarity may not be resident in the masculine energy you desire and so your attraction may dissipate mm. so it's it's not 100 one or the other there's a there's an overlap but the yeah. thing feminine is a polarity we inhabit or we embody when we're living our true self one of the things I'm, i've learned very clearly from my work and from my own journey is that i was ne- i wasn't embodying my own masculine heart for many, many years, because I thought in my wiring that masculine meant macho, which are two different things. And machoism, mm. which is animal, was this uh, my way, the highway, screw you, I'm going to win at the price of other people. And I, that was my father's way. And so I didn't understand that being a strong man was healthy because my belief in what my dad led with and what many men of those generation did was, was really not inclusive or um, embracing all of us. And I knew that in my heart, my work was really about inclusivity. Now I've learned how masculinity and inclusivity works together for me. 
because that's a different place. Because the way I would use it as an analogy is that macho is ego-driven, whereas masculine is heart-driven. In fact, the way that we talk about it is a strong masculine man is like a strong spine, clarity, direction, and focus with an open heart with compassion and care. That's mm. easy. So that just that just feels good hearing you say that. Because you're already uh, <laughs> right. I there know. It's just yeah. It's it's so crazy. It's such a powerful powerful dynamic. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So yeah. dating, mm-hmm. right? Dating and as now, especially as we're coming out of quarantine, right? Like, and physical touch is a real thing. So for all of you single people out there, like, just know that my heart is with you. Um, I feel you. We both feel you. Um, And number one is my number one, number two um, love language. So I understand totally. Yeah. So wait, your physical touch and what? And quality time. Quality time. So... I didn't think, but so my, my first two were words of affirmation and quality time, mm-hmm. but I feel like the physical touch, you know, must be like creeping up the ladder because <laughs> <laughs> like truly like, you know, this yeah. whole quarantine has been really crazy. And, you know, um, it's, you know, for folks that are single, right. And coming out of quarantine, what advice do you have? Well, depending on what state you're in, you've got to be careful too. Cause it's all, yeah. all state. You know, <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Um, the thing about it's funny. I was actually watching as an interview about this, which is cracking me up. I talked before about how we seem to have lost the ability to have romantic um, courtship like we used to have back in the old days because mm. wiping, meeting, and getting to bed right away, which you can't do now because of, officially because of the quarantine and the isolate the um, staying um, staying home in place or that one shelter in place, stay shelter home. Yeah, in, all that. yeah, yeah. I was together. But the reality is now, because we have more um, efforts put into connecting with people without this, the, you know, we do a mask, six foot distance, all that stuff. This is the time that I get on Zoom or FaceTime and have a video chat with somebody. So this is a great time to get to know somebody, to connect with them, and get to see what they're like and who they are through the video, which is weird and beneficial at the same time. Yeah. You know, those of us, you know, we've been trained, like, go to a bar and buy a drink, get to know somebody in person. You get to meet them and connect to them and feel them and everything else. You can do things. You can smell them and everything else, which you can't do when you're doing through your video. But it's better than texting. Back, back in the old days, it talks about how, you know, back in, back in the good old days when, when men were men and women were women and, and that she would drop a handkerchief for him to pick up as an indication she was interested in him and he could court her. That was kind of the way it worked. So women actually, mm-hmm. but then step back and let the man lead. We haven't done that for a long time. Now it's a swipe, which is usually what the man initiates unless they're on one of the apps where the women lead. But the thing is, with having this new environment, it's almost like that the woman can say to the man, I'm interested, now you do the work. And he can step up with doing video chats or reaching out. There can be things you can send virtually. You can meet, find times to meet up. I mean, I know uh, some people doing dates where they actually have a, a bit of a picnic with a, with a blanket on the ground that was at least six feet wide. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's like, if, you, if you're getting creative with it, why not? You know, you can yeah. do date, because the thing is, you know, wearing a mask is a bit challenging because then you've got a muffled voice and trying to communicate. It's not easy. So Yeah, it you is. can't see your facial expression, right? No, and facial expression up. is huge. Yes. Right? They're big indicators of how yeah. we how our how our actual bodies start to respond to another person. I'll tell you one thing is interesting is because there's always this thing about how people smile. Some people smile with their eyes, some people smile with their mouth, some people smile with them both. But a lot of people smile with dead eyes, but their eyes don't change when they smile. With a mask on, they're not smiling. You can't tell they're smiling. 
yeah. but at least if their eyes are smiling, you can see their hearts open. That's one of my yeah. clues. So yeah. it's an interesting time. There's no right answer for this. It's like be safe, but also and stay within the framework, but you can do certain things, again, video or separation by space, like doing hikes where you're walking 10 yeah, feet apart. Go out in nature. Yeah. I mean, I do that every day now. That's one of my, one of my homework because since we did a mastermind together, I've done it every day. I've yeah. been going 20 minutes, half an hour. And now I've found some great trails that I do every day because it's really cool to get out there. and It's not too busy. And they keep opening up more spaces as LA moves more open. So I get to yeah. go and do it every day. So it's good. So there are ways to do it, bottom line. Yeah, there are. And I find it, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, right? There, there, when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that you said about, you know, kind of the old fashioned way of like women dropping the handkerchief, like um, it literally, it like, it resonates with me because I think there's so many women out there that feel, um, you know, o- almost like obligated to, because we're so used to just taking control of certain things. But you guys, I'm telling you, ladies, I'm telling you right now, the more you let go and just allow a man to provide. Uh, and it doesn't amazing. mean he's going to pay for everything. It means he's no. going to take care of everything. Yeah. Let him so just provide. The biggest, I remember, again, things I learned from my, my teachers, I'm doing so great. It's like when a man's courting a woman, something on this line, not saying use the exact words, but this idea is, it's like, okay, so um, I'll pick you up on Friday, eight o'clock, wear that lovely red dress I like, and I'll pick you, I'll see you then. That's what you have to, worry, what you have to do. Then she hasn't got to do anything. Go ahead, so. She has I know, to gosh. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, there's some caveats, because of course, if you're on a first date, you want to know what her dating, what her eating style is, or where you're going to go. There'd be something you hope she enjoys. But it's since that idea about taking care of the logistics so she can just be a feminine in the flow and in the grace and in the joy of the experience. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. See, it's just, yeah. I mean, you guys, it's like a, it's, it's an embodied thing. Yes. Like knowing that you don't have to deal with like the logistics of things like, oh yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a real gift. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Barry, I have some questions for you. And, and I know that you probably know a little bit about this, but um, I always like to ask people, you know, um, I, we both read a lot. You know, we're b- both on this path of, you know, constantly learning and growing and um, contributing and serving at, you know, higher levels that we can, right? You know, any level that we can and, and continuing to push ourselves in that fashion as well. So, um, I always ask people, like, what is the one book, the first one that comes to your mind that has influenced you the most and why? Um, that's an, <laughs> right there, I've got a full book showed up. <laughs> right? I resonate most of the moment still for a while now is The Way, is the, way the Superior Man by David Data. Mm. That was a book for me about masculine, and fe- masculine behavior and about relating to women. Um, massively effective book. I actually knew about the book probably 10 years before I read it because women actually showed me the book 10 years before I even read it myself but it's a game-changing book. And it's designed for men. It's a short chapters, short attention span for us. Women love reading it because it gives them an input of what sort of man they want to be with. And it really brought some points home to me that changed my life. So that's mm. my, my Like what? Time. Like what, if you don't mind sharing? Two chapters, um, actually two, three chapters I can quote off the top. One of them, which is, mes- which is in my, embedded in my mind, which is chapter seven in the book. <laughs> chapter was, seven okay this is the one i kept writing about and talking about in my work because it's one i didn't know before this point changed my life since 
is a man's purpose must come before his relationship. Mm. Because otherwise here, then a relationship would be like, it's almost like driving like driving a ship without a, without a rudder, no control. Because the thing is for us men is our masculine heart thrives when we know what we're up to in the world. And it means we don't put the pressure of that onto our partnership. So that was a game. So that was one. Um, another chapter was, which I don't remember the chapter number though, this one was, is um, this one was a, heart, was a painful one to learn. Is live as if your father is dead. Because, because the lesson is, is that I didn't realize I was carrying this, but a lot of men do, and I know I was, is this part of us that doesn't want to come out from my father's shadow and, and somehow shame him by doing better than he did. Even if he wasn't thinking that. We have this role in our head that our father was, you know, was God in our lives sort of structure. So if we do better than them, somehow we're diminishing our fathers. We didn't want to see that. And I carried it for a long time without realizing it being the first born mm-hmm. son. Reality was, I know, looking back and also as I talked to my father about it, is that he was hoping I would do better than him. But the wiring was set up differently from that. That was the challenging yeah. one. The third chapter was the simplest one of all. <laughs> is, <laughs> never expect to understand your woman. Because <laughs> men, like men and Mars, women and Venus, the differences, and Alison talked about it so beautifully as well, they're so clear when we understand the masculine and feminine don't connect on the same level. So trying to explain things to the other, like mansplaining, it is a thing. Because we don't understand that women don't understand the way we speak. So why try to explain to them the way we think can you understand? So yeah, that's that's all treacherous. And at the end of the day, we're just trying we all just want to be heard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Heard, connected, seen. Um, I know for one, ladies, I have uh read The Way of the Superior Man and it has literally blew my mind. Yeah. Like blew my mind. Now, mind you, I had done some Alison Armstrong. Um, you know, work prior to, but David Data's Way of the Superior Man, wow. Yeah, it's um, Everyone needs to read it. Every, I mean, especially you ladies, like, especially you. Like, women definitely need to read that book. And it was funny. I had some friends, like, reach out to me because I that book, you know when things just start popping up into your vortex? Yeah, And yeah. they just start. And so, like, the Way of the Superior Man just kept, like, it was, like, red flashing light, like, you know, right in front of me. Yet I just, I wouldn't pull the trigger on it. Like I didn't want to, like there was something in me that was resisting it, right? And as soon as I just like let go and I was like, you know what, fine, like here it is. Like I'm just going to do this. You know, because the universe will continue to give you, like it's giving you clues all the time. Yeah. Right? The universe is always giving you clues. (laughs) And it's, you know, and for me, it just kept bringing this book up into my vortex and into my existence. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Finally, I surrender to it. And I listened to it and I'm so glad I did because I didn't, I think I always used to castrate. I would really, I would say castrate. I would be so frustrated when men, when I felt like I wasn't as important than their job, like their, their, their job was like their, you know, their number one thing. And like, they didn't care about me has nothing to do with that. And actually if they did, and because they did try to, you know, um, appease me and please me by giving me more time or, you know, whatever it was, I lost, like we lost polarity. I destroyed a relationship doing that. Yeah. So I know part of it. Yeah. yeah. Because, because late, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I want to, I want a man that is ready, is like ready to go, wants to provide, loves to provide and has a mission right? Is doing the work. 
and knows that I'm going to be here for him with open arms when he's done with the day. You know, I mean, like men are single focused, right? And we can talk all about this and that's a podcast. Oh, yeah. time. But like, <laughs> you know, men are single focused. So they are, they're focusing and their mission are like all day. That's exhausting. Yeah. If women try to do that, God, God, I mean, can we focus on one thing? You know, no, like we're all over the place all the time because we multitask. And if you're watching the video, you can see that I'm making little air quotes here, but um, <laughs> you know, it's true. Like, like we're just very different in how we are wired, how we like drive towards things. And the beauty actually in it all is that we're wired to, to complement each other very beautifully. Right. Very beautifully. And the things sometimes, ladies, that we think that we want out of a man, like, oh, you know, we want him to please us and do that. That's not what we want because we will lose polarity and then we won't understand what it is. Like, why is this working? Why isn't this, like, why don't we, why are we not attracted to each other anymore? Not only that, but also why are you as a woman embodying the masculine? Yeah. Oh, God. And what happened was the man created a vacuum because he said to his feminine to be nurturing for you. And so you just switch. That's where the whole energy reversal happens. But actually reversal happens. I did that three times in relationships. Yeah, I did that because I checked many women who are in the masculine because I I misplaced their power thinking that there were strong women who are feminine. They were strong women who are in the masculine. And I didn't know the difference at the time. So I ruined the relationships because I just dropped in my feminine. Yeah. So, yeah. The lessons we learn. (laughs) The lessons that we learn. They're beautiful gifts. They're beautiful (laughs) gifts. Yeah. Um, okay. And so this is, these are just some kind of fun questions, I guess. So, you know, listeners and folks can get to know you a little bit. So if you could do anything that you wanted to tonight, um, anywhere for any amount of money, what would you do and why? Tonight? <laughs> mm-hmm. Tonight. <laughs> um, I'm, I've been itching to, to travel. And right now, because yeah. we can't. But I, I, I two, two things in particular. One, because I'm going to be relocating by the end of the year is my vision. Um, probably Oregon. I just did my just did my astro cartography chart, and Oregon, Portland, Bend is really on some really good places. LA was too, but I've I've ex- that expired for me, and I've been in LA for a mm. long time. And I need to be and being in Pisces as well, and having water in my all over my chart. I need to be somewhere where there's more water. Even though I'm by the beach, it's not the sort of what I need. Like waterfalls, rivers, rain. Mm. In England, so I don't mind the rain, but I'd rather have something a bit more greenery. And, and I want and Portland, Oregon, really appeals for a lot of reasons. <sighs> Oregon Friends, is gorgeous. Yeah, and so I'm looking at that. Um, so that's one thing. And secondly, I I want to go see my family because my dad is in nursing home in England. He's 93 with uh, Parkinson's, and I want to see him one more time before he's gone because he's going to be gone soon. I can feel it. But right now, because yeah. of it's funny, but. No, I won't go there. Some of my brother and I have a conversation about my dad because um, we have some challenges with him. And with the, with the coronavirus, and my brother's in Italy, neither one of us can travel. So we can't go visit them at the moment. And so it's like, I would like to see him before he goes, but if he goes before I get there, that's okay too. Mm. After all, you've seen him many times. It's not the world. And we're talking, I talk to him every week. I give him a quarter every Sunday, but it's still that thing I want to be able to give a visit. So if I can do anything yeah. anywhere, travel. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So if you had the opportunity to meet one person you haven't met, who would it be and why? And what would you talk about? <laughs> who is it I haven't met that I want to meet? Um, alive or dead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
boy, I'm not even sure that that's can that's, I Can I share with you what you wrote when you did this? Oh, yeah, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I did. It said, yeah, my love and life partner, it's time. Cool. We would discuss how we will partner and transform humanity. That is still true. I was thinking about celebrity speaker type things when you said that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, ladies, listen up. If you're, if you're, <laughs> um, there'll be contact information below. How to get in touch with Barry? Uh, <laughs> you know, this is going to be a matchmaking. Uh, hey, if you're in Oregon, we should talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay. Awesome. So, when and where were you the happiest in your life, or are you the happiest in your life? What are you doing? Most of my joy comes from when I'm serving, when I'm connecting, when I'm in places of community and, and connection. Um, I'm still getting comfortable on stage speaking, although that's a fulfilling experience too. But when I'm, when I'm lifting people around me, that's my most joyful experience. So whether yeah. I'm served by being in a service environment or speaking to them or inspiring them as clients or as an audience, that's my joy. I can see that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, Okay. Well, that's awesome. So I just want to thank you first off for taking the time to join me here on this podcast and YouTube and all of these different channels that we're, we're bringing together with, with this. Um, I'd love to have you on again. I'm sure I will. Um, as I, you know, as we move through this journey of (laughs) growing, loving, serving, contributing, um, even more, you know, as we can. So what are you working on now? Um, what, what, what would you like anyone to know about you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, okay. Well, first, first, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on your show because I'm one of the enjoyed yeah. it. get to you talking anyway. So this is great. I know. And to be able to contribute to your audience and to add to your podcast library. It's always fun to be part of that. Too. I so appreciate that. Um, what I'm working on right now, which is a refinement. I've, I've been talking about self-love a lot in this conversation and my relationship coaching focus has been shifting over the last, well, I've been doing it for 12 years, but my focus the last two years or so, roughly, they're shifting more towards helping people love themselves to help their relationships. Mm-hmm. So even though I've been doing that the whole way through, now it's becoming more reverse. So I'm still refining and qualifying what I'm going to be teaching as a mentorship type group support for people to have really authentic living in their own lives, authentic, aligned, um, connected, joyful living as a way of life so they can attract healthy relationships and also live their life the way they want. That's kind of where I'm putting my energy into. Um, yeah. I think the best way to do, I mean, my website is still up and running the way it is. So if you go to my name, which is barryselby.com, actually my name is on all my social media except for Instagram, which is the real Barry Selby, but YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's all my name. Um, so you find me wherever you find me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being here. So appreciate you. And I always love listening to your teachings and your wisdom um, because it's helped me a lot through especially the last, I would say, like 18 months. Um, As many of you know, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster and and I'm enjoying it all. It's been an incredible journey. Um, So I'm grateful for you for that. One one little PS then, simply mentioned about listening to my teachings. I've got to have a library of audios you can listen to. Um, I did for about three years a Facebook Live every day and put them onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I'm a YouTube library, which again, my name, Barry Selby. So youtube.com slash user slash Barry Selby. There's a playlist on there called Messages from the Masculine. There's a thousand talks there, 15 minutes or so each. Lots of inspirational talks about love, relationships, self-support, spirituality, consciousness, things that might change your life. So 
check those out. They're free and available anytime. It's amazing. I love that. Okay. And if you were going to offer just one piece of advice to people listening right now that may be single and looking for, looking for that, for that love of their life, what would, what, what piece of advice would you offer them? Um, well, look in the mirror and ask, first of all, would you date you? Mm. <laughs> so the answer to that is you start by loving yourself first. Because again, self-love is the key, but really it's about are you dateable? So are you available for a relationship? And are you ready for a relationship? Answer this question, then you'll know where you are. I love that. Well, thank you, Barry. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you being here today. And I know everybody else will too. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Here. Thank you. Thank you from my everything for being here today. Your time is valuable and I'm so beyond grateful that you were here with us for today's episode. Please subscribe so that you get updates on all the latest episodes as well as hear about all the incredible upcoming guests we have lined up. Also would absolutely love for you to leave a review and let me know your thoughts, your feedback, your biggest takeaways, etc. Reviews help me and my growing team serve you even more. As always, sending you a big hug, love, energy, and an abundance of light.